0: On this episode of Reliterated, a young man's life goes awry when the outside world comes between him and his faithful companion. But there's no time to grieve, as the closest member of his family suddenly disappears, and he must follow the clues to track her down and bring to justice the men responsible for kidnapping the one he held so dear since the day he stole her from the nest. Go on a mission with Sam Gribbley on the far side of the mountain on Reliterated, The podcast that inspired the title of the movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And welcome to Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of grown-ass adults reading the children's books popular in the 1990s, but with 2020's hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. Also, we talk about our books in depth, and that includes spoilers. So, before you listen, be warned, if you're not familiar with the story, you're going to be spoiled. My name's Andy.
1: My name's Harold. And I'm Josh.
0: And on today's episode, we have got a special guest. We have got none other than one half of the the hosts of the Maddie Ice and Marky Mark podcast. It is the great Matt Mays, also known as Matty Ice.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you, uh, the invite on the show today. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks for being here.
3: Yeah, thanks Heck for yeah. coming.
2: You, you guys are talking about one of my favorite book series as a kid, so I had to be here for it. This was one of Josh's favorites as well.
3: <clears throat> well, the first book. I don't remember the second book very, very well. Well, I did as soon as I hit ni- page 96. I was like, I did read this book. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah. You just forgot about it?
3: I totally forgot about it until I got to that page and I was like, oh, wait a second. I remember this entire <laughs> thing now. Yes. Yeah.
2: That was the first one definitely hit home for me. Like it was. Just nostalgia uh, driven like crazy. The second one, I remembered it, but it wasn't as memorable as the first one for sure.
0: What I think is the most mind blowing thing about this, the sequel on the far side of the mountain, it was actually published in 1990 and the first one was published 31 years before it in 59. So Gene Craighead George came back to this story after about three decades and just took
2: that long to write it.
0: I don't know if it took her that long or if uh you know she felt inspired one day in the mid 80s or late 80s to uh to go back to it but yeah, she continued the gribbly saga
2: I could see it being like a thing where you know it's it caught on more and more over time and then finally she got tired of people like clamoring for a sequel it's like all right fine I'll write a damn <laughs> sequel you kids and
0: you're you're don't quit bothering me about writing sequels. Jeez.
1: <laughs> I imagine the adults were probably coming back to it and they were like, oh my God, you know, we need a sequel for this book. I read My Side of the Mountain when I was a kid and they didn't do what we did, which was read the book again as adults and go, oh, Sam Grivelly is a liar. <laughs> 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 He's a liar. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, I know that when I was a kid, these books. Because I noticed I had read On the Far Side of the Mountain at some point while I was reading it. I'm like, I did read this book. Okay. Because I remembered when you just said there's a third book, I was like, yes. I remember at the back of On the Far Side of the Mountain, I there was another book coming out, and I just never read it. I think I aged out right after that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it just it really did make you feel when you were a kid like I can go out in the woods and I can just live out there. As an adult, you look at it, you're like, Man, I've seen Naked and Afraid.
3: Like (laughs) Yeah. I watched every season of Alone. This this, (laughs) this is this takes some work.
2: I don't know if that kind of tradition carries on even with like today's kids, but definitely when I was growing up, it was like, Man, I do want to go live out in the woods and all that stuff. Like we we grew up reading like Hatchet and stuff like that in school. So there were all these like kids surviving in the wild books to kind of pull from so it was always in the back of my mind just running away and living in a damn tree so i don't know if that's the same for kids these days if it's still like that or if they want to run away to the virtual world now Mm.
0: it wasn't really even the same in in this second book in the series as it was in the first one because it took like a pretty big like shift in like style and tone and uh like the first one was way more of a survival log and this one's kind of an adventure.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an actual plot to it and something something to actually drive the story forward other than just like, hmm, let's see if Sam survives.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> right. And here's a recipe <laughs> for acorn pancakes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, you, here's some poisonous
2: tea. Hey, uh, you can eat cattails, you son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> the tubers. You got to have the tubers. The tubers, yeah.
2: Man. How many ways can you skin this deer? <laughs> how how can this kid poach another animal this year? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I always re- will, will remember... Well, I will always
1: remember the deer skin door for his tree. Uh, that always... That's the one thing I never forgot about the story, was how he had put a deerskin door on the tree, and that's how he kept from people finding him, and I always thought, like, there was a point where a ranger came around, and he totally missed the deerskin door, like... <laughs>
2: that guy needs to be fucking fired.
1: Right, I mean, a, a tree and deerskin are similar if you're at a good enough distance, but if you're standing right there, you know... <laughs>
2: yeah he's like he's standing by a fire like an uh, like a put out fire, and he yep. doesn't have the the like mind to look around like, oh man, that's a hole in tree let's check that out. <laughs> there's a whole bed in here
1: <laughs> it's almost as if a child is living out here by themselves,
3: and what's this a hawk perch what the <laughs> did he steal a falcon <laughs>
1: Well, and that's the beginning of the first book, or the second book, is that the a uh, conservation officer, what we believe is a conservation officer, is coming to take frightful away from Sam. So
3: yeah, let's let's do a sum up real quick. Let's yeah, uh, who wants, talk to, about who the wants book to take and, the uh,
0: the thirty seconds or less summary of the whole book, and then we'll break it down. Ooh, yeah.
1: If no one wants it, I got
0: it. You <laughs> go, go for, for it, Harold, because I'll, cause
3: I'll okay. shit on it too much. <laughs> okay.
0: Just, just the basics. Give us the basics of this story the story. Just right the basics.
3: On.
1: So, yep. we start out with uh, Sam is having a good old time. His family, all except for his sister, have left the mountain. His sister has her own treehouse at this point. They've got a whole little community thing going on, and- uh, A conservation officer comes and tells Sam that it's illegal for him to have a peregrine falcon, peregrine falcon, peregrine falcon because they are endangered. So he tells him he's going to take her away. He's going to breed her in captivity. She's going to the university. Sam gives in because he can't really fight it. And then he heads to town and finds out that the name of the conservation officer is correct, but he does not ask to see him because he's so downtrodden that, you know, he knows he can't fight this authority. So he goes up, and as Sam Gribbley does, decides to figure out how to make everything work, and then notices he hasn't seen Alice for a couple days. Well, Alice is taken off. She leaves him a note saying she's thinking waterfalls. Bando comes in, and they go off on an adventure trying to find his sister, Alice. Eventually, they realize that the guy who took Frightful was actually a poacher and not Leo Longhorn. And Sam sets a <laughs> whole enough. thing up to yeah great name. Leo set, or uh, Sam sets a whole thing up to try and trap the poachers, and then he ends up thinking that you know frightful must be dead because he finds a dead bird. And then it turns out after he gets to his sister with no real conflict happening for him directly because they end up getting a conservation officer to arrest the guys. Um, there is a gun in this story for oh. the faint of heart. Um, <laughs> And then uh, at the end, uh, Alice is trying to get one of these other, a goshawk off the side of a mountain, and it's more dangerous than Sam's first foray with uh, Frightful, and he tells her to let it go because it's illegal to keep it. She lets it go, and then up in the sky, they see Frightful, and he wants to call her back, but he decides... You know what? She's got to be free and uh, mate out in the wild. And Bob's your uncle. That's Far Side of Mountain. And Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle.
3: And then after this, there <laughs> is. That's as
1: quick as I could do it. Because I mean, there <laughs> that was, was a story. Was pretty good. That was good. good. Yeah. You did awesome. A good recap.
3: But I was going to say after this, there are three more books that I did not know existed until today. Frightful's Mountain, which came out in 99, Frightful's Daughter, which came out in 2002, that one's only 32 pages long, and Frightful's Daughter Meets the Baron Weasel, and that one's also what? short, so I think those are more like kids' kids' books,
2: but... I did not even know those exist. I knew about Frightful's Mountain, I... I read like the first half of it and then it's like man I, I don't know if I can do this but <laughs> I did not even know about the other two I don't give a shit about this bird yeah fuck this bird I just want to see well more fight. deer skin doors yeah right. teach me how to survive I'm not a falcon <laughs> I need these shitty drawings please how am I gonna live
0: out here
1: <laughs> I want to carve out a house out of a tree I've been drinking this sumac tea I keep on going to the hospital what the fuck is wrong with me
3: <laughs> well it wasn't no it wasn't the sumac tea that because that's that's actually good sumac tea tastes like uh lemonade actually but no it was like the royal primrose which is part of the nightshade family that was the poisonous kind so i don't know why i remember that that, but i do
2: (laughs) you just really took a lot from this book to add to your life from the first book well yeah from i did go into
3: the woods a lot so eh.
2: (laughs) yeah So what did you guys, so compared to the first book, what did you guys think of the sequel?
3: I,
0: my thoughts are that I believe in this, like this period of time, it was the early nineties, probably like the late eighties or whatever. There was kind of a big push to like save endangered animals. I don't know if you guys remember that or mm-hmm. like save there the was, like, rainforest. Huge, I remember yes, the big... saving the rainforest was huge. Yeah. Our third and fourth but Yeah, there's a, a lot of um, saving the injured animals, save the rainforest, uh, environmentalism kind of boom uh, in that period of time. And I think this is, this may have been part of it. I I mean, Gene had George had always been like a uh, conservationalist, nat- naturalist uh, kind of author. But this book seems directly inspired by maybe by that movement or as like a tool in that in that movement you know literature that's friendly to that movement i would say
2: mm-hmm.
1: well i mean yeah it even like teaches like he had to trust the conservation officer in the first place but he noticed notes that he didn't look for a badge he didn't ask for identification and you know then he doesn't do his due diligence to find out if the guy that's leo longhorn is the same person because then they could have started the investigation <laughs> it's early.
0: leon longbridge
1: Leon, yeah, Leo. Leon, <laughs> Leon, Leon Longhorn, it's so much
2: better of a name.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: Leon Longhorn. Yeah,
1: Sam
0: noticed that uh, he actually knew his shit when it comes to falconing.
2: Yep. Um,
3: also, karate.
0: Also, he does karate. He. So Sam came at him like with a knife to try to cut the straps or whatever, which if he was a real cop... He would have pulled a gun and shot Sam <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: I mean, he's only 15, so. <laughs> but instead,
0: right. he like karate chops his wrists. It even says like it was a karate chop. Well, karate bike.
1: was big in that like, the time. Yes, the 89, 90,
0: dude. That was the heyday of karate as well,
2: yeah.
1: Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Three ninjas. Three ninjas. Yeah. For real Beverly yep.
2: Hills ninja. Like dude, yeah. you gotta read
1: you gotta read on
2: the far side of the mountain. There's some
1: fucking karate in it. There's karate. <laughs>
2: His karate in the book. that was their like push to sell it too. It's like Yo. you'll never believe the sequel that's got karate.
0: <laughs> we went from dear diary today, I made a, a nice salad out of some wild herbs and, and berries and whatnot. To ah, uh, so I came at him with a knife and then he karate chopped it out of my hand, and he stole my falcon. Damn. <laughs> gene craig had george mm. puberty is a bitch <laughs> but bless her heart she, like she's like old and doing like in her 70s maybe 80s whatever she died in 2012 at 94 Damn. years old Damn.
1: so she was trying to relate to the youth in her 70s yeah mm-hmm. crazy
0: but at the time the time period was still like if if My Side of the Mountain happened in the year that that book was published in 59. This would have been like 1960, 61.
1: That's what I'm saying. She threw the karate in there because she saw that kids were getting away from the outdoors. She's like, these goddamn Nintendos and VCRs, you know, and she was like, I need to write about, you know, being out in the woods again. I mean, he, he actively hates on ever having to do anything with society he's like mm-hmm. sam Grivley's like dude if i have to go to the store one more time i'm gonna fucking break <laughs> you, know?
2: you know looking back on this when i read these books because i read them back to back uh just because the first book uh took my attention so much okay i i don't remember it being that much it didn't feel like there was that much of a time gap between them when i read them i I, if you told me that they were like almost 40 years apart in like writing them, I would have, I would have called you a liar because they just didn't seem yeah, they, like they're, de- they're completely yeah. different books, but they don't have that, like that much of a time gap in between the writing style of them. No, nope. yeah, she impressive. did a very
3: good job of transitioning. Like I, I was transported right back to that same forest that, you know, with Sam and, you know, Baron Weasel and all the, all the people mm-hmm. it took me right back there. So the writing style, though it was a little bit different, it was still similar enough that it, it enveloped me back into that story, into that world.
0: Yeah. The first part of the book was definitely like a leveling up process of his uh, of his lifestyle where he's building a, a plumping mill and he's yeah. building a, a sawmill or, or like a, a water wheel. So he's moving on from... Uh, the basics of, of living out in the woods to more intricate, like machinery and stuff, and still uh, refusing Alice's attempts to get him to uh, put electricity up in there. Uh, yeah,
3: why is he being such a Luddite about that? Of all the things, it's like the one thing that would definitely improve your life, and you're against it. Ugh, seriously? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he says it just brings a bunch of noise, all the things that it powers. He, he wants to be able to, uh, to hear the nature
2: around. Have him. you
3: ever heard a sawmill? right Jesus Christ those things are loud as fuck
2: I can't say I've heard a water powered sawmill no
3: I have they're loud as fuck
2: (laughs) but it sounds like a waterfall
3: the wheel is a is a constant waterfall that's what it sounds
2: like yeah nature damn it
0: (laughs) but they were able to start and stop that thing with the sluice gate
1: yeah well in true Sam Gribley style, he at no point mentions any slivers or banging his thumb or nothing. <laughs> he perfectly assembles a water-powered sawmill dam setup. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: man, there was a bit of a process of learning by yeah. watching how the beavers make dams. Oh yeah, oh that's making right. Making their own dams. Yeah. So yeah, how he didn't could go, go to for get precious books for that.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> He had to follow <laughs> nature. The beavers taught him.
3: He understands all yep. of nature. This he's a fucking Dr. Doolittle. He can talk he to is. his hawk. He can talk to a horse. He can talk to fucking the weasel and all them.
2: The barren weasel. Yep. yep, there was
1: a lot of him Jesse describing Hoon. his different the different chirps and tones and ways he spoke with the animals in, in this book. He had, like, a specific way that he breathed in over his teeth to tell Frightful that he loved her or whatever.
2: <laughs> now, if you now if people look back on this book, they're like, man, this kid is just fucking insane. Like, there's something wrong with this kid.
1: <laughs> there's something wrong with him. He's out there chirping at animals, refuses to live indoors, builds a water-powered <laughs> sawmill. I mean, the guy... He's a genius, but he's lost his mind.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: he's going to start an anerotic furniture business. By the way, he's, he's going
0: in with Bando. Yeah, he's oh, going in the, in the business of making furniture with Bando, who goes by Bando. Like he doesn't get gain his real name in this book. He's always exclusively
1: Bando. Bando.
0: <laughs> he even gets a wife who calls him
1: Bando. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who he almost loses because he's refusing. To, he put didn't want to put floors in, a floor. in his house. Yeah. <laughs> but he did, so he that's could amazing. save his
3: marriage. <laughs> yep.
1: And he was told that by a 15-year-old boy who refuses society and lives in the woods with the yeah. animals. <laughs> because that's where he's getting his life advice from.
2: Man, I gotta go talk with Sam about this. This <laughs> yeah. is really eating me up inside. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I noticed one thing. Like, There's a lot of descriptions in the beginning that just really got me like the fact that he's like, yeah, we haven't had a deer since the roadkill. I'm like, Ooh, roadkill. eh? that's a, that's a Michigan delicacy. (laughs) I remember (laughs) having, I remember having a roadkill, uh, shirt, like a roadkill girl. It's like, you kill it. We, we, uh, grill it or something like that. And it was just a weird shirt.
2: (laughs) Oh man. My, uh, my grandpa was a DNR officer in the, in Northern Michigan and he used to part of his job was he would drive around like to pick up you know the the deer that have been killed and stuff like that and they would get all the meat processed and stuff and give it to like the schools around the area
3: oh that's cool like that
2: was yeah that was legit what they would do with the roadkill up there
3: that's awesome that's really cool oh yeah
1: i used to work with a guy that i swear to god was proof that neanderthals actually survived to the modern period and he <laughs> He had a, a police scanner next to him and anytime they he'd hear a deer hit, he would take his lunch then and he would like run <laughs> run to his car and drive out and get a license from the police officer that was there and fucking take that deer back and hang it up. But he was like I you know, at first I was when I was younger, I was like, Man, what the fuck? You know, and he's like, Hey. I got meat all year round. I'm like, what? You know, like, he, <laughs> he put runs guy, up the fucking door like the ice cream man's coming. <laughs> put a guy hit by a car. And but now I'm like, eh. I mean, if it's fresh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Same as if it got shot, right? On it. Yeah. He's not wrong. <laughs> so
3: he, when he goes to town, this dude loads up. Like, if something happens, why didn't he do that in the first book? The first book he was not a prepper. Now he's like, Oh, what if I twist my ankle? Oh, I might be stuck out here. He didn't have that those that worries in
2: the first book. I think he was too worried about getting his hair cut. In the, in the first book, he was just all, all he wanted was the, the book from the library and to get his hair cut. He wasn't worried about getting like medical supplies or anything because he didn't get injured. He was Sam fucking Gribbly.
1: Right. <laughs> he exactly. doesn't have to worry about that kind of stuff. <laughs>
0: Maybe this is part of the growing up process. Now he's People worried. He realizes, oh shit, maybe something could happen to me, so I better be prepared.
1: The part he doesn't tell us about is when he lost a toe to gangrene. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, fuck, man, you got it. Infection's real. Maybe he lost that's a toe. where the big
0: toe came from in the... In yeah, I was going to say,
3: family found it and ate it. <laughs> yeah,
1: family, family found, found it, it and ate it. it. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sliced it up into five pieces.
2: Do they have, does he worry as much in the second book about being like... Uh, captured or whatever, he mentions
1: or, it, but it's like offhandedly. It's he
3: doesn't care now because he's living on the family land, and he makes a mention of, "Oh, did Dad forget to pay the taxes on the land?" So I think he's okay now because he's living on his family's property.
1: They're doing okay. correspondence school.
3: Yeah. So.
2: That's oh right. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I re- I do remember that. But yeah, I remember the thoughts that were
0: going through his head when he saw the quote unquote conservation officer coming at him. He was like. Oh shit! What's like? They're gonna take me back? Are they gonna make me go to real school? Are you gonna like? Do I have to get off the land because Dad didn't like miss the tax payment or something?
2: I remember that exact page because he talks about just grabbing, uh frightful and just fucking booking it. He's thinking about doing that.
3: Yeah, he was. Yeah, like, he's just like, that. all right,
2: let's just go. Let's go. I can live off of absolutely nothing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Stop saying fucking grivly, man. <laughs>
3: Later on he was trying to figure out how he could get it back And one of the things was He was like oh I could write the president And then this is quoted from the book That won't work The president swore to uphold the constitution And laws of the United States When he took office (coughs) So yeah That is something that does take place At some point
1: I mean, that is definitely, that's <laughs> definitely what you want to be telling kids is supposed to happen.
3: <laughs> that's what's supposed to happen, kids. Yeah, Supposed <laughs> yep. to. I also have an <laughs> uh, issue with, after he loses Frightful, how he's trying to come up with a way to uh, get food and be able to you know take care of him and Alice. And he's like, I could set traps. Yeah, that's a good idea. But then he's like, I'll use a sling. Why? You know about a bow and arrow, right? Those those aren't hard to make.
0: Yeah, he doesn't think to take up archery. He thinks to take up uh, a sling. Yeah, the
2: Roman <laughs> skill of slinging stones. Well, yeah,
0: one of the one of the reasons was that like the ammunition would be everywhere because they're just fucking stones, and you'd have to make your own arrows and and all that. So oh, starting he, with a sling,
3: he has you know no time to do that. He lives in the <laughs> right. fucking forest.
1: And he's got a (laughs) store of food for, like, four people. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Hell, he could just make a spear, and that would work better than a goddamn sling.
2: Man, learning the sling has to be one of the hardest things to learn how to use. I would assume... Mm-hmm. Like way more difficult than a fucking bow and arrow. And does he uses what does he use for the string for the sling?
1: Rawhide. So yes, he sinew. basically use sinew is what you would use for a bow and arrow string.
3: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. For, for a bow string.
3: <laughs> so yeah, not not smart on that on that point.
1: But yeah, yeah, I think he's just a little overconfident, and that's just the Sam Gribbley in him. He's like, man, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make one of the most ancient forms of fucking hunting rabbits. That I,
2: I am the David in this Goliath of a fucking forest yep. right now.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I
0: guess he didn't read that book on archery. I think if the book was made these days, he might take up a bow and arrow because look how many fucking archer characters are out there, like in the past decade, right? With, with all that popularity, you got your Hawkeye, you got your Katniss. Everdeen, you got uh, you got Princess Brave, you got Legolas Dude from Elf. Uh,
2: Lord of the Rings. Yep, there's a lot of archers in popular fiction. Archery is cool as shit, man. Like, it is.
3: Oh yeah, it's super fun.
2: It is. The whole idea of someone being able to just sneak around in the forest and just take you out without you even knowing about it is kind of it's pretty sweet. Stealthy.
1: You wouldn't. People wouldn't. You wouldn't know where it's coming from. Like the sound. The, when you hear the sound is right before it hits you. Because that's, yeah, Yeah, arrows are creepy. Well, I guess you just follow the feathered end (laughs) to (laughs) where it's coming from. (laughs) Well, what if you spin around, though? (laughs) I guess. You're like, wait, now I gotta do math? What angle does that come from? (laughs)
0: Oh,
2: well, the trajectory is for that general direction. (laughs) At this force and this wind speed, this is where. Oh, shit, he hit me with another arrow.
0: (laughs) He had
1: a second arrow. Fuck. (laughs) Shit.
2: He's got to have a quiver of these fucking (laughs) things.
1: He's some kind of goddamn bow guy.
2: (laughs) Bow guy. Bow guy. (laughs) Sam the bow guy, Gribbly. Sam the bow guy, Gribbly. Sam the slinger. He's He's the sling master. He's the sling master.
1: (laughs) Sling master, (laughs) Gribbly. Wait, wait, now how did I, how did he discover that that was the po it was a poacher and not uh, Longbridge or whatever Wasn't, his name was
2: Didn't they catch him talking with like a like a Middle Eastern like a like an Arab guy They were doing like a like a fucking transaction the, Yeah, they or were something? He was selling or falcons. Were
0: it was it was much later in the book where it was about um, page
3: ninety six when I figured out I was like Wait I have read this book because <laughs> then I remembered all of it I was like Wait because he's not real because at the beginning I was like I don't think he's a conservation officer. That's what I was thinking in my head, and that's why, when I got to the end, I was like, that's why, because I have read this book. Dang it, that's right. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. Well, Sam scares away farther. that coyote that killed the, uh, the yeah. goshawk. And then his sisters left a note like, oh, the, the coyote's so nice and sweet. <laughs> Let's
2: get <laughs> coyote puppies.
3: And then the coyote's dead because <laughs> of Poacher's
2: Guild. Yeah, meanwhile, meanwhile his sister is leaving like these dumbass cryptic notes everywhere. It's like, "Hey, can you just fucking tell him where you're going?"
3: That no, was something. This that was weird. <laughs> they yeah. have this
0: game between the two of them where they they play like a, a come find me type game where they leave cryptic clues to I guess practice tracking maybe.
3: It's advanced so, hide and go seek.
0: Advanced hide and go seek.
3: Which was in another book that we discussed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Except we didn't get a rundown of the rules in this yeah. one, because we yeah. learn as we go. We observe it happening, and it's enough.
3: This one's different, though, because she straight up says, don't follow me, and then he follows her.
0: Well, he's really concerned about his young sister.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, about that. Um, <laughs> It's very strange how creepily he's like... Wanting to follow her and his thought process on it. It was weird.
1: Just I don't know. It seemed- he wanted to take care of his sister. He was like, I was actually concerned with how long he waited before he was like, you know what? I'm going to go follow.
0: She she had several days head start. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: yeah. Got this falcon thing over here, (laughs) sister missing over here. When what do I uh you know, I don't uh, I don't know.
0: (laughs) And she was traveling with a pig.
1: Right.
3: Oh, speaking of her, so there was something in this book that really irritated me. So Alice stole Mercury from a farmer and made a a mirror. mirror. Yep. Okay. Mercury is super toxic.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: I'm trying to figure out how she tried to do this mirror without doing that because I looked up about how to make Mercury mirrors and they're not easy to make. They're very difficult. And it was at one point there was a country that basically outlawed. If you made mirrors, you were not allowed to leave the city. Also, your lifespan was very short because you made mirrors. Basically, as soon as you started making mirrors, eight years later, you were dead. Wow. So, <laughs> didn't
2: oh, didn't yeah. make. So, so so a Mercury mirror used to be like a real thing. Like, yeah. Like a, a widely known thing. Yeah.
3: So yeah, I never even just, heard
2: of Mercury mirrors.
3: Yeah. They, they were basically popular from the Roman era, even then, to... Like the 30s, I think they said they stopped making them when uh they were able to make aluminum that was you know just as good. <laughs> okay,
0: I, I binged mercury mirror and I got a whole bunch of results for like side view mirrors for
2: 2011 mercury.
1: Where have you been all my life? This is exactly what I've been looking for.
2: <laughs> oh, cool. I get cancer every time I get to comb my hair. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, if I had money, tell you what I'd do go by downtown, buy a mercury mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I had to change it, otherwise we would have gotten sued, right? I think that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, I know. sure. Yeah, I'm pretty.
2: I'm pretty sure you guys just got a
0: copyright strike. Yep, yep.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> sounded too much like the real thing.
1: So, like when <clears throat> Bando and uh, Sam are worried about two entirely different things going into trying to get this whole Falcon situation taken care of, because. Right, Sam decides he has to go after his sister, mm-hmm. right? And Bando decides to go back and go get a conservation officer. And then Sam runs into the conservation officer. Oh, yeah, Is, yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah. that how it works?
0: Which conservation officer?
1: He ran in, There, he got one that, who was the conservation officer that pulled the gun? Because it wasn't the Longbridge guy.
0: No, it wasn't. Because Leon Longbridge is not, well, I mean, it was Leon Longbridge it was not Leon is Long a conservation officer, but it wasn't the
1: guy that took Frightful. Right, right, right. But, Just but impersonating also Leon never, Longbridge. Leon Longbridge, the real guy, never shows up and like. Yeah, we never know, see that the real dude. Yeah,
0: there he was. a He was in the office when uh, Sam went to visit, but uh, he never went in and actually spoke with him. So he couldn't. He didn't confirm that the real Leon Longbridge is not the man that took frightful.
1: Right. So he. So Leon Longbridge is now forever besmirched because he doesn't get to rectify it by shooting the poacher. Yeah. The why didn't book. she <laughs> just
3: make Leon Longbridge the guy that does that?
1: Yeah, the
2: real guy. <laughs> there she
1: was just
3: makes a,
0: a nameless time. conservation. Yeah.
1: Officer yeah. Officer <laughs> conservation.
2: <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. That like, would have been. Let's add that- another character into this crazy fucking story, dude. There's always a B story. He's
1: more. The important. B story is the B story is that she doesn't want to give Longbridge. I, I think that Longbridge is a, as a name of somebody she doesn't like, and she wanted to make sure <laughs> that the name was forever besmirched. He's a fucking dickhead.
2: Yep. and she wanted everyone to know it.
0: That's
1: not the B story. I thought you were gonna go for it.
2: Yeah, because
1: there's, there's another B story, right? That's the one. That's the one I I caught on to. I was focused on this Longbridge guy. <laughs>
2: you were so laser focused on those. You Longbridge just really guy. liked his name. He's I like,
1: didn't. It, it, to the point where I messed it up and called him Longhorn. Longhorn is
2: so much better. <laughs> it though.
1: is. It is.
3: Longhorn is the name of the guy who got who actually shot. That's that's what's up.
2: You figured the it out. Yeah, Longhorn is the most redneck superhero name I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> what are the other B stories? What are these
1: other B stories?
0: Well, you you mentioned it's something in the uh, in the context of um, I don't know maybe Sam Gribbley's love
3: life. He does finally meet a woman, kind of. He does. He meets
0: yeah. a pretty girl who definitely is coming on to him. For sure.
1: And she seems to know who he is and what his life is like.
3: Yeah, he does not
1: pick up on it.
2: <laughs> does, does she seem interested in that lifestyle? I don't know I don't, that she, she seems interested
1: in him, at, no, at the, you the know very what
0: least. It, you know what it is, is um, Alice, in her travels, uh, comes onto this farm uh, with the pig makes friends with this uh, young girl that's uh, that lives at that farm. Stays there for a, for a couple days. Uh, does some odd jobs there, and then the two girls take their pigs uh to the to some 4-H hog show or whatever. And Sam tracks her there eventually, uh, but Alice has already moved on. But then when he he goes to like the pen where. Crystal, the pig that Alice has been traveling with, uh, is, is currently at, uh, the girl, the friend, uh, Alice's friend that she met trying to find the part of it. Hanny. Yeah. Yeah. That's her name. Uh, like she comes on to Sam, like big time. Oh, for (laughs) sure. It's because Alice has taken on the name of, uh, basically, um, royalty in the, uh, one of the rich families in, in town. Oh, that's right. It's like yes. Van Andelaire or something like that. Van
1: Rastenskeller <laughs> or something. <laughs> Van Rastenskeller. Oh, yeah. But he says, he says, I think she knows I'm Sam Gribbley. Like, she knows I'm the kid that lives in the woods. Because oh,
3: she thinks he's so dumb. She's like, did you get the clue? Do you get it?
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah.
3: She's definitely like,
0: throwing some signals there. The Van yeah. Rensselaers. Van Rensselaers, yep.
3: Like, I know, I know you're not actually that person, but your sister talked you up big time. So
0: <laughs> the Vents, the vin Rancelaires were the feudal lords of what is now Albany County. Before we were a democracy, in fact, in the 1600s, they were given hundreds of thousands of acres of land by the Dutch king, all of Albany County. Blah, 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 blah. Van Van Rensselaer's made fortunes and became a powerful and influential family. And Alice was going by Alice Van Rensselaer. And so her brother Sam would be Sam Van Rensselaer. And it turns out that was a hint to where she was going eventually near Rensselaersville. And I think that's where that's the town where
1: it ends up. It it Isn't is. That? I'm looking for your beast story, man. I'm trying to find your bee. I
2: hear the bee
0: but story. The, the beast story is that Sam is not interested in girls. He's just interested in falcons. Like <laughs> frightful, <laughs> yes. frightful is the love of his life. Yep. He,
3: yes, he he does kind of have a it, have a thing for all animals except for pigs. He fucking
2: that bird. <laughs>
3: Yeah. yeah he hates pigs That was not, he ain't, that was he,
2: not at he all hates where pigs. I thought you were going yeah, he ain't, ain't fucking, fucking that pig, pig
3: but he gonna fuck Do, that bird
2: No I don't I don't know what kind of bee story that was but <laughs> That is a bee story I am interested in Yeah,
3: yeah this kid is 15 years old uh, I remember when I was 15 years old I know what I was doing a lot of It wasn't just sitting in the woods Fucking writing birds writing. Fucking that's falcons. what it yep, was Fucking falcons that's what I was <Yo>.
2: Jesus.
1: <laughs> Falcon's probably got some tight sweatpants on. a <laughs> juicy on the back.
3: Nope, crunchy. Says crunchy, crunchy on the back. Says crunchy. Crunchy. I made sure it said crunchy. <laughs> what,
0: what would a falcon have on the butt of sweatpants? Feathery. Oh, I'll we'll get them. It's <laughs> <It's> flighty. Flighty. <laughs> there
1: you go.
2: Oh, my God. We have ruined my childhood
1: <laughs> in every
2: conceivable way. That is the reliterated
0: philosophy. That is our way. Uh, we ruin childhoods weekly, every every Tuesday at midnight.
3: Parts of ours. <laughs> 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 every week, a little bit of our, our souls are A little bit of our childhood
0: killed. gets chipped away. Yeah.
3: I did fun, find a fun fact, though, about beavers, about their dams, Uh So what they do is, as an instinct to stop the sound of water leaks, Uh, so even if a speaker is playing the sound of running water, a beaver will do what it can to try to build a dam over it. They even did a study where they put a speaker on concrete with no water anywhere, but they played the sound of water leaking, and they still tried to cover it up. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So... If they would have just let the sound of water running, they wouldn't even had to do it. The beavers would have did it for them. So
0: take That's that as it were. That's interesting. I didn't but know what? that the beavers are just on a quest to silence that water.
1: <laughs> They're like, I, I can't take it.
2: <laughs> the beavers are here to plug up every hole <laughs> on
1: Earth.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I, I fucking video, hate was running water. <laughs>
3: It was a a person had a speaker playing and a beaver took like this throw pillow from their couch. It was like their pet and they put it on top of the speaker. And I was like, holy shit, that's funny.
0: Someone with a pet beaver?
3: (laughs) That's, I know, crazy, right?
0: Uh, you say you found this video, you should
2: post it.
3: I will try to find it again.
2: Yes, please. And then I, I will post it. I would it. be, I'd be cool with a pet beaver.
3: They are, they have the scent glands, so they stink real bad.
1: Wait, 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 I want to say that in Josh's summary, Josh, you wrote all of the summary?
3: Yeah, most <laughs> okay. of it, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so you wrote a lot of emphasis on maps. GPS became available for public use in 1993. Yeah, well, Sam Gribbley lives in 1957, bro. Yep, I know. <laughs> okay. I just
3: wanted to see when that was popular. <laughs> he lived in 1957, but the book was published in 1990, so, so Sam maps
0: was were uh, still important. But he didn't have 90s technology, even though the book yeah, was published in 1990. Still a fun, no.
2: Man, it's Sam fucking Gribbley, dude. You don't know what he has. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what he had. He can't get injured. Yeah. He's got some technology we don't even have
1: right now. <laughs> he probably can see through frightful's eyes. He's like beastmaster out there. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't like pigs cuz they don't listen to him.
3: Yeah. They dig up my garden. Uh, they're also awesome at finding truffles. So
2: Yeah, you win some, you lose some, Gribbley. Right. Fuck you.
0: <laughs> so in the um process of tracking down Alice um, Sam and Bando come across like uh, interesting messages being being left around town from like a scree a person named scree to uh i don't know somebody else but it <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the name of the other i don't know it doesn't matter uncle bob it
3: was about the it was about
0: uncle bob yep from screen oh, uncle bob <laughs>
1: oh my god but
0: these clues the, the book basically turns into a nancy drew novel where they crack a mystery of of, of poachers what's wrong and with they, nancy they, they, drew novels, they bust some Andy? poachers nothing but it's <laughs> it becomes a very different story from the first book in that this is more of a uh a mystery adventure type type deal for sure, yeah. They had a lot more going for it in that area. They use these clues to bust some poachers. They discover that Leon Longbridge is not Leon Longbridge, but... Uh,
1: a lazy conservation officer <laughs> that doesn't do shit through the whole story. <laughs>
2: right, but the can- actual Leon Longbridge does, is too lazy to even show up. <laughs> yeah, so they gotta get someone from another town to get over here to take care of his shit. Yeah,
3: nameless man has <laughs> to shoot man. some other people. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Oh, man.
0: I think it's Officer Conklin.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, only, that sounds about right. The real
0: hero of the story. <laughs> Bando goes and gets uh, the, uh, the the local conservation officer, the one who actually gives a shit. The one, Sean Conklin. <laughs> the one who wants to uh, see some action, so he brings his gun. Fuck yeah, he does. Arrests, this is
1: America, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> arrests the poachers busts them up for trafficking endangered species
2: why i got a question for you shoot why is it why do they sell it why do they got to bring an arab guy into it like why is that the guy that's gonna buy a rare falcon on these fucking on sam gribbley's farm in wherever the hell they are
3: because falconry is very very popular among the uh royal class of uh people in like saudi arabia in the middle east it's very very it's a very big sport still and is it really yes especially because a lot of the birds are very rare and so they have to spend a lot of money, which they have because mm-hmm. of the oil. All these so Arab,
0: she- Arab sheiks can afford to break
2: American laws.
3: Basically, yeah. Man, okay. So,
2: so that actually had some...
3: Yeah, it has it a historical a context, it. and it's still, to this day, is it's still that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and
0: 1990 would be a big kind of
3: <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that was the thing Gulf thing about during the Gulf Arab uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When was the Gulf War? Interesting.
0: 91? Yeah, the Desert Storm. I think was ninety one. I don't or know. Do it was you 90. think
1: you think Craighead Still. was trying to do something with that Arab stuff, no. or do you think it was just because of the falconry being popular? It was popular? mentioned. It was just mentioned as
0: <laughs> a reason why someone might want to buy a Falcon, whatever. But it I mean, didn't I mean fifty K is a lot for a Falcon. Villainize
2: Arabs in general, right? Yeah, I think fifty thousand dollars is a lot to spend on a Falcon, though. It is. A Saudi prince would have that kind of money. He would.
3: Have you guys ever seen the Falcons when they're at the Renaissance Festival?
2: I have not. No, I can't. Mm -mm. I've never been to the Renaissance.
3: What? Oh,
2: I know. I'm I'm going this year. This year is (laughs) this is the year, baby.
3: Well, you missed out. I'm gonna
2: like vlog it and everything.
3: You missed out (laughs) because one of the best performers has passed away. Uh, Rest in peace, Dead Bob.
0: Dead Bob. But, he wasn't a falconer. He was a skeleton. No, he
3: was just a really good comedy show. He <laughs> uh, was, yes. But no, one year I went and there were there was a guy with falcons and it was really really cool because he was out uh, where they did the jousts and mm-hmm. he would have he would like give them meat and stuff and he'd throw the meat out so and they would come down super fast and attack. Oh, it was really cool. So highly recommend checking it out if you ever have a chance to see uh, falconry live.
0: That would be pretty neat. Let's all go. Let's all go to the Ren fair. Yeah. When are you coming I'm
1: up this down. summer, Josh?
3: Uh, it won't be in August or September, which is when the Renaissance Festival is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you got to change those plans up, buddy. Yep.
3: Oh, man. Well, we'll see what I can do. Because I think your guys' Renaissance Festival is in September after Labor Day. Isn't that? Isn't that when you guys hit I, yours? Oh,
2: that sounds about. We'll look into it. That sounds it. about right. Yeah. I'm being I mean, it right we'll now. See. Just we'll get those dates for you. Make okay. the plans, and we'll get the <laughs> dates.
3: Just so we can go see <clears throat> falconry.
2: <laughs> yep, I'll buy the mutton. You'll buy the mutton. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy us all the mutton. <laughs> the big old turkey legs. Those things are insane, man. Mm. Mm. I've always wanted one. I went over. Uh, I went over to Mark's like for foot for like Sunday football one day and they had made some up and it was <laughs> it was the most insane piece of meat i have ever eaten in my life it was like 15 times the size of a chicken wing
1: they, they just made up mutton to, to yeah they each just made person. mutton
2: i don't know if they like <laughs> got it from the ren fest and then re-warmed it or whatever or if like i don't remember you'll have to ask mark but I definitely ate mutton at his house, and it was disgusting (laughs) to watch me eat it. I actually felt disgusting that other people were witnessing me eat that (laughs) food. Because I felt like a Viking from the Nordic. Like, it was bad. Oh, man. That's great. Grease on the face. There's, like, skin in my beard. It's just wrong. Okay. Okay, (laughs) So, we're
1: seeing mutton, but... It's just definitely just a giant turkey leg, right? Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just a yeah, gigantic mutton turkey leg. Is Mutton actually is actually lamb. Yeah, yeah it's sheep. <laughs> sheep.
2: Yeah, I just call it mutton because <laughs> that's what, what... Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to say that just in case.
2: <laughs> yeah, because no one... We can't afford a giant lamb. It starts fucking. like mid-July, I think. That's what I'm saying here. That early? Uh, I would like to try actual mutton. Though. Wait, that would be pretty badass. This is. I,
0: I had lamb chops thing? for the Vastor? first time, no, uh, probably,
1: probably about six months ago, and it was absolutely delicious. I would like to try
2: mutton as well. Lamb is amazing. Oh my god! So uh, like, I've I've had uh, like Indian curry with lamb instead of beef or chicken, and it's amazing. So good.
1: And you're know. getting dates for Renfest? So, yeah, okay, 20, so,
0: 2022 uh, dates are unconfirmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's go back to the Far Side of the Mountain. Uh, so we've busted up the poaching ring, or at least the sale of a couple yep. of birds, but Frightful is not among
1: the birds being sold. And then Alice is going to get a goshawk, which Sam is really playing up how goshawks are, like, 15 times as bad as... is peregrine falcons i think he says 10 times as bad
3: he said they're the most ferocious of (laughs) of birds of birds like that so i'm like ah okay
0: definitely more vicious than um frightful's parents that he stole her from that's how he's trying to sell it
1: yep and she gets she gets to it and everything too she's like backing up ducking and weaving from the the goshawk and then she takes and uh Yeah, he tells her she's got to give it back. She's got to let it go. She just wanted to replace his bird because she knew how much Frightful meant to him.
2: What a sister.
1: What a sister. He should have known. I could tell right off the bat. I'm like, she's going to get him another bird. Yeah, she's going to get him another bird. Of course, she knows Frightful's gone, dude. She fucking lives there. Yeah. (laughs) She fucking lives there, bro. You gave her a note. Yeah.
0: (laughs) She read your note and she made up her mind quickly. She's going to replace Frightful. Yep. Yep. With another endangered species (laughs) that may be taken, but hey, there's always more endangered species out there, right?
1: (laughs) But hey, no, they learned that lesson, though, because he they do see Frightful, and he decides not to call her so that she can go out and have a family, because pretty much the way he raised her, being out in the wild like that, and since Sam Gribbley pretty much speaks Falcon... You know, <laughs> she didn't know any different.
0: And he said that uh, she had imprinted on him, which means that she thinks that she looks like him and is not going to uh, to mate with another. Peregrine falcon. Although she does start like a courtship dance in midair with another one early. In the oh, book, and does right? he get
3: jealous? Oh, he gets so jealous. Yeah, he
0: gets oh, jealous. Yeah. He calls her to him. She, he's afraid that she's gonna leave him. How See, dare there's you? The, there's the dare- B story. He's a jealous lover.
1: <laughs>
2: yes. Get the fuck back here, you hussy. <laughs> don't you go run it off on me now. I don't
0: even, I don't even know if that's can, that's um officially a B story. I think that's more of a. uh
1: Straight up part of the story. That's main line <laughs> it's right the main there. Line. It's this is back to fucking Falcons again. <laughs> Secret uh
0: <laughs> it's between the lines. It's uh subtext. Subtext is the word I'm looking for.
3: Every few pages he's like, Oh, and I almost I almost forgot about Frightful, or Ooh, it made me forget about her for two minutes. It's like yeah, he, he's fucking that bird.
2: <laughs> he's going through a bad breakup with that he bird. Is. <laughs> well, she was stolen. <laughs> By the government. No, it wasn't the government.
1: The government was. was bit, fake government. It was the government plowing donuts. He's like, ah. <laughs> I'm Leo Longbridge. <laughs> like,
0: as sure as my name is Leo Longhorn, <laughs> I love my job.
1: <laughs> i love my job i will conserve nature you know what i love about my job there's a little boy up there sam grillby he's taking real good care of peregrine falcon
2: i've been leaving him alone (laughs) he's taking care of all the poachers for me i ain't gotta do shit do shit
0: (laughs) yo so yeah It ends with the heartbreak of saying goodbye to an old friend so that she can go on to be in a
1: sequel.
3: Which we might read.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I wonder what Frightful's Mountain would be like. Is it from the... So you've read part of that.
2: Is that, Matt, is that part of... It is literally from Frightful's perspective. The whole story of... Both books from Frightful's. Does she pine for Sam? She is preening all over the place (laughs) for (laughs) Sam. tale of romance between a bird and her mother it's, it's disturbing that we have like sam gribble shaped these books based on this but it, it makes sense <laughs> <laughs> sam Gribbley is definitely fucking that bird it's it's <laughs> hey
1: man it's it's a disturbing thing to see what's happening behind the scenes in these stories <laughs> We didn't see these it when B- we were kids are because yep. it's wrong. Nope. Yeah. Now
0: that we're grownups, we can we can see these. We, we see you, Gene Craighead
2: George. <laughs> we see through it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I'm curious if you guys can make it through that book because I could not. And if you guys decide to sit down through it, even if I'm not on that episode, I will still read through that book just to <laughs> just to see if if maybe things have changed. Yeah.
0: I'm interested, but I'll be honest, I did not make it through actually reading this book. I this is the first book for any episode of this podcast that I surrendered and did the audiobook instead. The,
1: yeah, this one was difficult to read.
3: Up up till when this the actual story picks up at again, page 96. Is when is that's when it gets fun because up until then it's very boring. There are it's, literal chapters where he goes and he's like, Oh, I'm sad. I'm gonna read my journal," and that's <laughs> Inside just like, a survival log. Yeah, I'm and
1: reads excerpts from the book, the first book, to you right now. <laughs> and what that
3: did it reminded me, like I watched quite a few anime shows. I'm watching one called black clover right now. And they do these episodes where they just go and tell you an old story so that it's, they could just like, okay, we don't have anything this, this chapter. So we're going to give you an old story that has nothing to do with the actual story, but it's kind of interesting. I skip those because they have nothing to do with the actual storyline. That's (laughs) that happened in this several times. And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck about you making the goddamn (laughs) mill it's Dude. fine it's I like
0: it's like like halfway through a new hope they they like show the the whole solo movie <laughs> and then they go back to a new hope
1: right well and that's uh-huh. the thing about that watermill like i at first like it took me a second like the watermill was there and then the watermill wasn't there and they were working on the watermill and the water and, and i was like wait a second and i had to go back again <laughs> and listen <laughs> like, okay we did do a time change <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it wound sly. up
0: not really mattering to the story of finding frightful no nope. find, or finding alice and they use the or anything they had, used a general, sawmill. Like,
1: they had to use the sawmill they had to
0: use the sawmill to on their quest to uh to find alice
1: yeah to make more adirondack chairs <laughs> it was you
0: a plot device to bring bando into the story so yep. that he can help sam <laughs> on his quest yeah he's the his neighbor going. now
3: bando is like two miles down the road from him yeah
2: <laughs> Was that's that their permanent address, or was that like a? I think a that's second their permanent address. Them? It was like, yeah, that was their, their summer home. Hey, I want to move next to Sam for the summer. <laughs> it still go by Bando.
1: <laughs> it still go by Bando. Not hey, my yeah, not my I real name. Can I legally
2: change my name? I I would no longer like a last name or a middle name. Just Bando. See,
0: I met this kid in the woods who <laughs> thought I was a bandit, so he called me Bando, Shit.
2: and I kind of like that would, name
0: more than my real one.
2: Don't send anyone over there, though. He's a good kid. I promise. He's learning all the stuff. Definitely take his
0: bird. He (laughs) he loves that bird. Yo. (laughs)
2: definitely fucking that
1: definitely fucking that bird you know what's funny too is that Bando's wife is a lawyer and at no point does Sam go hey you know (laughs) what's my legal recourse but she does she does say I was wondering how long it was gonna be before they would come up there and it's like (laughs) she basically confirms yeah no what you're doing is super illegal yeah yeah what you're doing is super illegal and you shouldn't have been so flaunty about it (laughs)
3: They never say how the poachers found Sam, though. That was one thing that was... His
0: story became pretty well me. known, I think, as yeah. the, the boy living out in the wilderness. That's Isn't that like how his family found him? Because oh, yeah. he was... No, he's kind well of making, known. Uh, making stories. Like the news was kind of following him a little
2: bit. Well, yeah, he's picking strawberries for old ladies, feeding fucking <laughs> high school kids on their lunch breaks and shit. <laughs> like the dude is not making it very difficult to find him. Right, he's not Batman hiding yeah. in a cave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's just yeah. hiding in a tree. Yo.
0: Sam fucking Gribbley, the boy who lives in a tree in the woods, gets no cuts, <laughs> no broken bones
1: or diarrhea or anything or diarrhea <laughs> yeah doesn't know how to make a bow and arrow so would you guys recommend that people read this book or just after listening to this you wouldn't really need to i don't think so
2: i feel like you just read the first book and if it's like man i really want to know more about sam gribley and his astonishing tales of Craftsmanship. (laughs) then then you go and read the second book but just the first book is amazing and then just end it there you don't i I personally don't think you need to read this book
3: i say read the first chapter then go to page 96 and read the rest of the book (laughs)
2: because that's when it's
3: good
0: yeah unless you're a big fan of the first book then like read just pages two through 95
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well in and the first book is still good and I will always have the nostalgia of it. But I mean, I remember when I was reading it, I was falling asleep paragraph after paragraph. That was a hard book to read because it was just mm-hmm. it was just him talking about his day-to-day. And it remember it being interesting, but as an adult, I'm like, dude, there's no way you did this. And then <laughs> the second book I did find more exciting because there was an adventure that took place afterwards. And I was really interested in this water wheel that i just could i'm like i don't believe you <laughs> i don't believe that you <laughs> built that so yeah i don't think you really need to read this one but it was
2: it was more it was fun i'm i'm curious have you guys done hatchet on this show Not yet yet
3: i have it. Are you guys I own it have you
2: guys read that book
3: oh i've i've read it several times
2: i've never read hatchet I read it in school. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's cool.
3: I can't wait to read it.
2: Shoot me a text when you guys do that episode because that like I read this book after that one and there's definitely like they're in that same genre of like boy tries to survive nature. But this one's definitely more like, well, everything works out and somehow shit doesn't fuck up at all in the slightest, even though everything should mess up Mm. uh, on around every corner and then hatchet is the exact.
1: opposite.
3: Yeah. It's cast away, but up in Alaska (laughs) and and a child.
1: I'm excited for Hatchet myself because, like I say, I've never read it. So,
2: yeah, Yeah, that's right. I'd imagine it'd be interesting to go back to now compared to when I was like 10 or 12 or whenever we read that. But I'd imagine it would still hold up and kind of like my side of the mountain would. like for the most part, it holds up. It's just a little, little ridiculous. And this one. It's a cool, in my mind, it's a cool sequel uh, to add to the story. And like you said, it adds uh, that like adventure aspect that that first book kind of needed, but still a little ridiculous. Some uh,
0: trail tracking action leading
1: to a uh, (laughs) Hardy Boys, Nate's Jew style poacher takedown. I still will always say that if I was sitting here listening to Sam Gribbley tell me these stories, I would be rolling my eyes so hard that they would probably, like, dis- detach from the retina or whatever and <laughs> fucking start spinning in my head. <laughs> be like, oh, I'm sure you did that.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'll bet you wrote a tiger. I got tiger. my journal here. Yeah, I bet you rode a tiger into town, too, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well...
0: First of all, uh, let's thank uh, Matty Ice for joining us uh, on this episode. It's great Absolutely. having you.
2: Thank you for having me, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun being here for the show. I'm glad we were able to to do a collaboration this time, uh, especially with having you on last season of our show as well. For
0: real, yeah, that was a good time. Uh, if our if our listeners, for some reason, don't know your show, What's uh, go ahead and uh, plug your show a little bit. Yeah, we'll,
2: we'll do a little plug here. So I am Matty Ice from the Matty Ice and Marky Mark podcast. We do a weekly show about video games, food. Uh, we Mark and I both work at video game stores. We share our store stories and experiences from those and then kind of memories of growing up with video games. We just ended our uh, sixth season of the show with our 2021 awards show. We'll be starting our show up again early January. In the meantime, uh, you know, I'm doing this. Mark and I will be doing some streaming here and there. And then uh, I don't know if we can break the news to everyone about Another collaboration. That's up to you. and Indeed. If you want to talk yes, about I it. was
0: leading into that. See um, <laughs> see the pieces falling into place. Next <laughs> week. <laughs> Next week, we're actually going to be having a uh, bit of a a Christmas extravaganza, crossover episode where the the hosts of both our podcast and the Matty Ice Mark Mark podcast are going to join forces and discuss a book based on a video game. We're going to be discussing yeah. the Metal Gear <laughs> adaptation from the Worlds of Power series.
2: Yeah, I am pretty fucking excited to read this. Uh, I've started it a little bit. Thank, thank God I have these reliterated bookmarks to keep my place in this book. <laughs> I but my honestly my favorite thing about this right now is just that they literally stole kyle reese from terminator one and put him on the cover of not only this book but uh the video game as well which i cannot imagine they paid the uh Paid the fee for on that one. This has to be just straight <laughs> Nintendo ripping off everything. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna do a little bit of research onto that, uh that side of the Lord. We'll uh we'll discuss that on next week's episode.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for this. And everybody will all be in the same room for this. Yes, yes. that's uh, yeah, this will be a, be a new is. one. Josh is for you coming guys. back yes. home. Josh for is for a coming in.
3: In Michigan for about a week. And so yeah, it's gonna be fun. I, I haven't seen these guys since before the COVID, so excited to see everybody wow. and uh, get together and make a fun podcast about a book I've never read, but I heard is crazy, so I'm excited to read it <laughs> on the plane since I'm going to be in, in the sky for a while.
2: Yep. This is going to be fun. hundred and like twenty two pages to go, man. Actually, literally 122 pages. Holy shit. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> I was right. <laughs>
2: but yeah it should be super cool i'm glad that we all get together and get to get together in person rather for the show you know it should be a fun recording experience having Mm -hmm. all five of us here yeah i'm absolutely i'm excited for this
3: maybe if i'm lucky i'll get to get a chance to go down to uh, crazy quarters the most amazing arcade place in the world or bay city
1: at least side
2: of the fucking Andes or rockies or wherever right wherever you're at in the world it's the best side well i
1: know i know we'll be able to do that but andy might not be able to because he's going to be at a hockey game until late so (laughs) (laughs) well
0: josh is in town for fortunately he's in town for more than just those couple of days that i have
1: to work all his time all his time is already used up yeah i already used it up i got it all planned Do you have a schedule? A schedule for 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 the two of you. Eight
3: eight hours of sitting head to head on a couch watching movies. What the hell? What is this? I actually
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes. (laughs) So (laughs) all All right, guys. (laughs) Yep, we're gonna talk to you
0: one more time before Christmas, and then
3: then are we gonna take a little break because of the holidays, and I won't be around? So
0: yeah, the holidays get a little crazy. They've already been pretty crazy. Uh, it's one yes. of the reasons why I had to go to the audiobook on this one because man, life is just stupid crazy around the holidays.
3: Plus, w- it's late because power issues and laryngitis.
0: Harold had a vocal outage.
1: I had a vocal outage. Yeah. Oh my god! I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> speak on the night we were going to record. Yeah. Yeah, you sounded rough that oh, yeah. night, man. No, I could not speak. I still, my voice isn't back to normal
2: so sexy oh yeah <laughs> no real raspy right now yeah, yeah you gotta it keep that so. yeah, I, I don't know what you need to do start smoking bit. cigarettes now Yo, <laughs> he
1: already does <laughs> i don't smoke <laughs> cigarettes i vape that's true i got my own i got a douche flute
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we got our extravaganza uh, crossover episode we got a holiday break and then uh first episode out of the new year we're gonna be doing my teacher fried my brains
2: nice hell yeah so yeah well i i look forward to seeing you guys uh in the next week or so for the uh the collaboration episode and uh thank you again for having me on this episode absolutely, absolutely. of
0: course love you love your show okay so <laughs> so we see you again give a shit read some lit thanks for listening
3: Grazie mille. peace
2: out
0: This has been Reliterated, a production of the Chocolate Milk Friends. If you enjoy our show, please consider giving us support by subscribing, recommending us to your book-reading, podcast-listening, 90s nostalgia-enthusiast friends, and rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and Audible Podcasts. Those go a long way towards getting us in the ears of new listeners. And don't forget to engage with us on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube. You'll find us at Reliterated on all those sites or send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.